Good people, good people, what's going on? It's your boy, excuse me, it's your boy Conquer Jones coming at you with the comfort zone. And you see the title, man. The title is uh is random thoughts. Um I had too many things I wanted to talk about, so I figured we'll just dibble and dabble into all of them a little bit. First thing is why I chose the name I showed the comfort zone. Um I used to sit up here and say that uh, it's an oxymoron and me step out of your comfort zone. Granted, it does mean that. I used to sit up here and also say that it's also a safe place to where anybody with a difference of opinion or perspective may be able to come on the show uh, once I really start gaining followers again and be able to express themselves and have debates not arguments or ridicule and chastising, pointing fingers and name calling, but just have actual debates and be able to walk away with a uh, with a mutual understanding that we feel different and see things differently, but there's still respect for one another. I used to sit up here and say that. Um, truth be told, I like the name The Comfort Zone. I kept thinking of all of these uh rebuttals and other things I haven't mentioned because you know people say oh your comfort zone is a is you don't want to get stuck in your comfort zone which is bullcrap you know what I'm saying because I've said it before and we're going to talk about it a few times that everything we seek out in life is to provide us some type of comfort with love we look for comfort with our jobs that bring us money, we look for some type of comfort. Even with our uh, passions that people try to turn into businesses, we look for comfort. Nobody does anything on the face of this earth that they absolutely hate doing. So to sit up here and say your comfort zone is a place you don't want to be in, you don't want to get stuck in your comfort zone, that's bull crap. I'm calling bull crap on that. I think a better way of saying that is you don't want to get stuck, period. Don't say you don't want to get stuck in your comfort zone. Just <coughs> Ooh, that was a serious call. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Uh, it's random thoughts, so I'm going to let that jump ride. Don't sit up here and say, don't, 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 don't sit up here and say that you don't want to get stuck in your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? Don't sit up here and say that. I understand what you mean, but there are too many things out here that we do and we seek after. As a matter of fact, we put ourselves in a lot of uncomfortable situations to hopefully seek comfort. What's that saying? Short-term discomfort provides long-term comfort. You know, the thing is, you don't want to get stuck. You don't want to get to the point to where you feel like you can't grow, you can't learn, you can't prosper. But you can do all of these things in your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's no coincidence that uh, another saying that people say is that one idea can create five babies. But that one idea is still within your comfort zone. Those five babies fall up under that one umbrella, and they're still within your comfort zone. It's in an area to where you say, hey, you know what? I can rock with this for a while. Hey, you know what? I can really do this for a while. Hey, you know what? I can see myself doing this in a few years. This brings me joy. This helps me relieve stress. All of these types of things, talking like that is some form of comfort. So to sit up here and say your comfort zone is a place where you don't want to be, I understand it, 
but it's bull crap. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen a painter paint that's completely uncomfortable painting? Or a musician sing that absolutely hates and gets disgusted with singing? And I'm not, I'm not talking about after their careers blow up and they get worn out from it. I'm talking about somebody who hates singing. Have you actually seen them sing? Have you actually seen anybody produce beats that doesn't get some type of comfort or stress relief from it or something? No. Anything that we do in life, we're seeking some type of comfort, especially when it comes to the relationships that we in. Now, there are some sadistic people out there who find comfort in drama, but nevertheless, they're still seeking comfort. You know, so let's let's cut that out. I like the name The Comfort Zone. I think it's a real dope name. I may change the logo up uh, to something more appealing because I want the logo to grab people in. The only thing I can solidly sit up here and say about the comfort zone is that we don't do politically correct over here. Yes, I'm a man of God. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. You don't have to believe in God. I believe in Jesus to be on my show. But that is the focus of my show is to bring the truth back to certain situations. And speaking of the truth, to go back to the oxymoron, the truth makes people uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? So you can't expect to be comfortable on every single episode, but then again, that falls back with hopefully short-term discomfort and hearing the truth will provide long-term comfort down the road when you or I or all of us accept the truth. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that leads me to my next thing, which is uh, men and women in the church. Uh, this is obviously a pet peeve of mine. It's something I'm going to talk about to the end of time because I want to see the church prosper contrary to popular belief and especially some of the stuff that I'm saying and going to say in the future, uh, you'll think I have hatred toward the, towards the church. And at first I did. At first I had hatred towards the church uh, because of how commercialized it was. And I still have a little bit of hatred in me because of how commercialized it is. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the greatest shows on earth to go to church on Sunday morning. It's one of the greatest shows you could ever see to go to church on Sunday morning. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there's this other part to where I've spent the latter, I spent the best parts of my life to where I've always had a minister I was talking to. And I feel no shame anymore in saying, I do, I do not have a church home. I don't want a church home. You know what I'm saying? I barely go to church. You can call it, you can say whatever you want to about me and say, I don't believe in God. But the one thing you cannot do is sit down and talk to me for 10 minutes and then still walk away saying I don't believe in God. Saying I'm not trying to live my life according to his will for my life. You know, I had to really understand that I was meant to be out in the wilderness. That way I can see and hear what people are saying and doing, why people don't go to church. I mean, if you're in church, cool. If you believe in God and you're doing everything you can, no matter how many times you fail, to get your life right with God, cool. But what about the people who believe in God but just don't believe it's worth it? What about the people who believe in God but don't believe what they're hearing and don't believe what's going on in the church? Just like me, I'm not the only person. There are millions of people out there who believe in God but just don't agree with the church. And they need another direction. You know what I'm saying? Where men and women of God or men and women in the church falls short at is understanding that there's a need that needs to be filled and that tradition isn't working anymore. Speaking of tradition, um, in all of my times of talking to preachers, uh, ministers and deacons and everything like that, 
the one thing that they all have in common is they love quoting scripture, you know, and maybe I'll be the first one to say it. I don't know, but I'm just here to tell you now that quoting scripture doesn't work. You know, um, quote scripture doesn't work for a number of reasons. One is because you, I mean, let me tell you specifically why quoting scripture doesn't work with me. Uh, one is because I've also spoken to a lot of people who don't believe in God. I've also spoken to a lot of people who speak against the Bible, who speak against the kingdom, and they know scripture too. As a, as a matter of fact, they can quote that scripture and use it to make other people believe that, that God isn't real just like they do very, very well. They are very well informed on the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not knocking people who don't believe in God. If you don't believe, that's you. I got enough faith for all of us, baby. Trust me. You know, but they have knowledge of the scripture, too. So you quoting scriptures, nothing. That's reading and reciting. That's remembering and reciting. You know what I'm saying? So quoting scripture doesn't work because even people who don't believe in God know the scripture. You know, I understand scripture leads to the word, but there's a complete difference between scripture and the word even though a lot of people in church won't admit that. But other than uh, people who don't believe in God knowing scripture, another thing about it is that that's all they can do. You know, I'm not sure when was the last time you had a conversation with somebody who is heavy into the church or even a preacher. You know what I'm saying? My best, friends, my best friend right now uh, is a minister. He's been a minister for a long time. He's finally starting his own thing, and I'm proud of him for doing his own thing. But I even tell him a couple of times, bro, don't come to me quoting scripture. You know what I'm saying? Don't come to me quoting scripture because it doesn't work. You know, as soon as somebody starts quoting a lot of scripture, me per, me per se, when you come to me quoting a lot of scripture, I don't feel like you have enough of a testimony on your own to really tell me how great God is without quoting scripture because every other sentence that comes out of your mouth is you quoting scripture. Granted. I understand the importance of the scripture. I really do. But I'm not the type of believer who believes that the Bible is the end all be all when it comes to God. You know, one of the things like when I really turned my life over to God, when I turned 25, 16 years ago, 16, almost 17 years ago, one of the things that I've always uh, had, one of the questions I've always had pop up in my mind is what did people do before they found God, before they had the Bible? How did they get in contact with God then? How were they able to hear God? And even with me reading the Bible, seeing what was going on in the Old Testament and the New Testament, why were so many miraculous things happening back then that aren't happening now? And it's completely my perspective. I understand that. But I believe we have so many venues, avenues, and paths to go down to hear of God that it limits our access to God. You know, <laughs> um, and I'm going to keep telling this until the day I die too I remember uh, around a, around my first year of being saved without a shadow of a doubt I know God dropped into my heart go 90 days and I dare anybody anybody sitting in the church anybody who called himself a pastor a bishop, a leader or whatever I dare anybody to do this go 90 days using nothing but prayer meditation and fasting to hear from God 
Go 90 days not touching your Bible. Go 90 days not going to a church. Go 90 days not listening to your favorite gospel radio station. Go 90 days using nothing but prayer, meditation, fasting. Use that and watch how God speaks to you. Once you start seeking God out on that level, it completely opens your eyes to every other possibility and you stop limiting God and God's capabilities. When I went 90 days without sitting in the church, I went 90 days without reading the Bible, I went 90 days without uh, listening to gospel music, that's when, that's what leads me to the point to where I can have somebody tell me, oh, you definitely know the word. You just don't know scripture. You know what I'm saying? And let me say this as a, as a disclaimer. It's, it's a shame that we live in a time now to where the Bible or mentions of the Bible turn people away from God. If you look at it like that. To me, I'm actually excited about the times that are coming ahead because people don't want just a book. They don't want to just go to a, a building uh, two or three times a week. They want access to God. They want to know who God really is. They want personal relationships with God. They don't want to hear scripture. They want to hear your testimony and how that testimony can relate to their life. I'm actually ecstatic about the type of mentalities that people have now towards God, you know, because what you have, and even though some of us, and maybe even me, uh, could be misled, but what you have is you have a lot of people wanting more than what they're getting from the church. And I'm here to sit up here and say that it's everybody in the church's fault. You know what I'm saying? When I say it's everybody in the church's fault, I'm going to break it down to you like this. And I really didn't expect to stay on this topic this long. But like I said, the name of it is Random Topics. I had a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, when I say it's the church's fault, um, they love quoting when I say I don't go to a church. I don't want to belong to a church or be a member of a church. They say, hey, do not forsake the assemblies of God's people. And I understand that. And I understand that completely. But then again, what if... When you see me in the streets and we have a conversation about God and it turns into a regular thing to where we have a conversation about God, if you stop having that conversation with me about God when you can tell that I earned that I truly have a passion for God, if you stop that conversation because you would rather me go to your church, isn't that forsaking the assembly? Or could I be wrong? I could be wrong. But even if it's not forsaking the assembly, you're missing the opportunity of building and encouraging someone. See, it's just crazy that people are more focused on getting you to a building instead of getting you to God. And that's been my focus my entire life is getting to God without the building because there's not going to be any Baptists in heaven. For those who believe that, I believe it. A lot of people don't. You know, but there's not going to be any Baptists in heaven. There's not going to be any Methodists, any Catholics, you know, saying there's not going to be a nation of Islam in heaven. There's not going to be churches in heaven. There's not going to be buildings you go to in heaven. You know what I'm saying? This isn't something you do twice, a w two, two or three times a week. 
This is literally a lifestyle. Trying to live your life for God should be considered what it is, and that's truly changing your lifestyle. You know, so uh, inviting people to church instead of just enjoying the time uh, that you have to fellowship with somebody outside of the church, you're also you're also like denying the possibility of really truly getting somebody to really truly follow God in that process. You know, so there's so many things wrong with what goes on uh, in the church and with people of the church that it turns a lot of people away who can make a really really big difference. You know, what I'm saying in society, and I think that's the problem is that the church has lost focus on getting back out to society and helping society. Instead, you're trying to keep everybody pulled in. And let's be, let's be honest about another thing, too, which is a whole other topic. Uh, you get more judgment in the church than you do anywhere else. And I, I tell my friend this all the time. I said the church is supposed to be a place of refuge, you know, even though, the, even though uh, a scripture in the Bible does say, come to me as you are, yeah, you're supposed to be able to go there no matter how messed up you feel or look. And you're supposed to be accepted and loved. And then you progress and get better from there. But the church is full of so much judgment, it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? These pastors don't have an anointing when they see somebody dressed like a thug and they start talking about thuggish ways. You know what I'm saying? That's not a gift. That's not, <laughs> as a matter of fact, that's another topic in itself, too. You know what I'm saying? Some people are some some of these people in the pulpit are really great motivational speakers and they're really great at reading people, but they don't have the anointing of God on them. You know what I'm saying? I, um, I spent a lot of time talking about that more than I wanted to. I've been thinking about uh, the next thing I've been thinking about talking about is individuals per se, the weight of relationships. Um, what seems to be popular, at least on the social media apps I go on, is everything that women can get away with. And it kind of trips me up at one point. It makes me laugh, and then it also makes me sad at another point because a lot of these things I hear people say about, a lot of these things I hear men say about what women can get away with, and even some women who say what women can get away with is something that I've been on the receiving end of to where... I've gotten friends on, but because I'm that good old Mr. Go-To, always be there for you guy, that's all I will ever be to him. You know what I'm saying? And I guess this is one thing that trips me out. Like I was talking to uh, my lady now yesterday about this, and I told her, I said, because uh, I, I like recently, I feel like I lost uh, the last female friend I had, you know, and I got mad at her. I got mad at her because she's heavy into the arts and I'm an artist yet she won't hear or read or look at any of my work you know and after having a couple of conversations with her like it's actually a respect that I have for her when it comes to wanting her perspective on some of the things that I do wanting her uh, opinion how to get that how what should I do to improve this is this and that and that? But ever since I've known her, she hasn't listened to one song, one poem. She may have watched a video here and there, but that's probably because other people were in it and it wasn't because I shot it. You know what I'm saying? I think what really threw me over the top is that she uh, 
took up film when she was in school and I was really having trouble with this uh with script writing. I was really having trouble with script writing and I sent her an outline. I said, "Hey, tell me, do you do you think I could turn this into a good script?" And the only reason why she read the script is because I texted her and I told her, "Look, don't even worry about reading it. Matter of fact, don't worry about responding. Just give me a little bit uh cuz I don't like the fact that you don't pay attention to anything." that I do, you know what I'm saying? The only reason why she read it and tried responding was because I told her not to, you know what I'm saying? But it leads me to this next thing that happens a lot with women from my perspective. It, I see a lot and I've experienced a lot to where a man can get mad at a woman and a woman will do everything she can to get back mad at that man. A woman to take a man being mad at her and twist it and get mad at him because he's mad at her. Situations never get resolved like that. You get mad at a man, most men, you get mad at, they chalk it up, okay, I see you, I understand. And depending on the type of man, they will work on it. But then again, you have women who can't take the feeling of being rejected. They can't take the feeling of being the bad guy in a situation, so what they will always do is twist it up and make you out and make the man out to be the bad guy, whether you're their friend, whether you're their spouse, or whoever, even to other women, they cannot take being the one who's in the wrong. So what they'll do is find something wrong about you and then have an attitude with you instead of understanding that maybe the best thing for you to do it's just listen and try to work on it if you value that relationship. Then again, she's willing to cut me off because I got upset with her when there was one time she literally cursed me out for absolutely no reason. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, she literally cussed me out and I had to hang up with the phone with her because she was, like, yelling for, like, four or five minutes straight. Like, And the thing that we were talking about is how – Big women get more love than society shows that they do. And I was actually trying to compliment how big women get more love than society shows they do. But she just went off on me. You know what I'm saying? She just went crazy for some reason. You know, and, uh, okay, even though I didn't feel like it was my fault, you know, I still reached out to her a couple weeks later. Hey, you still mad at me? You know what I'm saying? Because even if she felt like I was wrong, my thing was letting her know that I had no ill intentions on this, 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 and that, and that. And I gave her time to breathe. I didn't get that from her. I don't get that from a lot of females. As a matter of fact, this other female who uh, I used to consider a friend. Well, no, she wasn't ever a friend. Um, but she, we haven't spoken in a while, and she hits me up, and I find out that uh, she's married because she just so happened to call my job and get me on the phone. Um, so I find out she's married and we've always had this little flirtatious thing back and forth over the years. And it's again, one of those situations to where this is a woman who always came around me for me to pick up when somebody dogged her out, but I was never good enough to actually get a chance with her. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's mad at me now because I told her we're not friends anymore. She's mad at me now and says, I'm, I've changed and I'm tripping and I'm mad and upset because I told her to respect her relationship with her husband 
and respect mine and respect me and never call or talk to me again. Yeah, then again, because I woke up and realized that I've been being played for all these years, not just by her, it's other females too, you know, I'm in the wrong. And this is a dynamic that we see continuously happen in uh, between men and women to where women, women have been getting away with so many things for so long. And like I've even said recently, even the nice ones, especially the nice ones, especially the kind ones, especially the ones who think they're really down to earth and are as true and as noble as they could possibly be, they still have people in their back pocket. They still have people in their corner. They still have people that they use. They still have cats who they leave on red because for so long, and I don't even necessarily blame these young girls for this. I blame everybody, you know what I'm saying? But I'm glad that men are waking up because we've been fed this lifestyle for so long to where we have to pander and do everything we can. We got to do, we have to compete for the woman. We got to compete to get it. We got to compete to keep her, you know, um, and they've been taught that they can do this to men and it's okay. They've been taught that they can have a man that they're with and still have men on the side and that's okay. They, and, and, and most of them, feel absolutely no guilt about that. They feel absolutely no guilt about knowing that someone wants to talk to them and then they put them in a friend zone. Yeah, they do everything they can to keep dragging that person along instead of letting them go. They feel absolutely no guilt about about just lying like that. I hate to say it, but that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? They They want cake. Even though I don't understand the phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it too. They want their cake <laughs> and they want their biscuits, you know, they want uh, their pastries, they want their donuts, they want their cookies. They just, they just want everything. But this has been something that's been going on for generations. You know what I'm saying? Um, women feel like they're the prize. And I feel like to a certain extent they could be. But that woman also needs to understand that that man has a lot to offer too. Like, a lot of women are lucky to get the man that they have, and it's not enough for them. A lot of women don't even understand what it takes for a man to not be the argumentative type and to actually try to sit and talk and understand their feelings and try to build together, try to grow together, listen to their problems, and do everything they can to make them happy in that aspect, and it's still not enough. The woman is the prize, I guess, and I guess I, this has uh, kind of been one of my saying, it's like the woman is the prize, but the man is the gift. You know what I'm saying? As much as of a, of a good thing as it is when a man finds a woman that's good for him, it's even better when a woman finds a man that's good for her. You know, we have to stop this dynamic of one being more, being better than the other because truth be told, you need both of them. You were created to have both of them. You know, <laughs> um... I'm wondering if I should take this episode a little over a little more than 30 minutes like I normally do because I'm like reaching it like 28 minutes right now. Um, but I think I've really spoken on some of the things that I wanted to talk about. I just had a whole lot running through my mind. I guess if there was one other thing I could talk about is I saw this post on uh, Instagram. I saw this post on Instagram that said... You haven't 
gotten started doing what you want to do because you feel like you'll look stupid. You're going to look stupid. Do it anyway. You know, and it wasn't exactly like that, but I think what stuck out to me was the fact that a lot of us have things that we want to do, but we don't want to go through the learning stage. We don't want to go through the awkward stage of not knowing it, the difficult stage of not knowing it, and we don't want to look or feel dumb in the process. You know, like when you haven't worked out or haven't worked out in a while and you start working out, you look and you feel dumb. You feel like you don't know what you're doing, but it takes time. You know what I'm saying? Everything takes time, practice, and patience in order for you to, you to perfect it. Nothing is perfected overnight. You're not going to learn that instrument overnight. You're not going to get the voice that you want overnight. You're not going to know how to run a business. Thank you, Jesus. You're not going to know how to successfully run a business overnight. Even if somebody gives you an entire blueprint and map everything out for you, you're still going to make mistakes over the way. There's still going to be failures. There's still going to be losses. But you have to be willing to go through those losses in order for you to finally achieve the wins. You know, And that, that really stood out to me because – I have a couple of things that I've been running from doing for years, and I haven't done them specifically because I don't want to look stupid. I don't want people to talk about me. I don't, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want people to talk about how I sound. I don't want people to pick at me needing some major dental work. <laughs> um, there's so many things that I want to do that I haven't done because I don't want to get in the spotlight too much and have people make fun of me. You know, but... Uh, when that stood out, it just really let me know that in order for me to get where I got to go, I'm going to have to go through those awkward phases. I'm going to have to go through people talking about the way I look when I smile. I'm going to have to go through people saying with me wanting to really uh, sing and put an album together. I'm going to have to go through people saying, nah, you really don't sound that good. Nah, you need to work on it a little bit more. I'm going to have to go through getting back on stage knowing that I gained 60 pounds since the last time I was on stage. I'm going to have to go through getting back on stage and hearing people say, man, you you gained a lot of weight, you know what I'm saying, or you picked up a lot of weight and blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna, you're just going to have to go through it. Life isn't meant to be all peaches and cream. You know, sometimes it's meant to be uh, – I ain't going to say what it is because I'm really trying to reduce the amount of profanity that I use. But, you know, in order for you to get the peaches and cream, you have to go through – uh, dirt and manure you know what I'm saying that seed has to go through dirt and manure um, <laughs> some way I'm trying to say it in order for you to get to the peaches and cream man life ain't always gravy uh, but it's your outlook on life that makes it better and make it worse and I'm gonna just sit up here and say to you take the time to make it better uh, because we all even in our worst situations we look for comfort in our best situations we look for comfort we look for something that helps us keep going. We look for something that makes it easier for us. So take the time, no matter what situation you're in, uh, to understand it and to make it better. You know, just keep pushing. Don't give up. I won't give up. And let's, let's try some new things. Let's start conquering our fears because uh, I'm going to say this, then I'm gone. The one thing I would say I've, I've been saying a lot lately is we're not afraid of death. You know, what people are most afraid of about dying is leaving this world without accomplishing all they wanted to accomplish. That's my greatest fear. My greatest fear is leaving this world 
without experiencing all of life that I wanted to experience and without making a difference how I want to make a difference. It's not death that bothers me. It's just I don't want to die before I do everything that I was put here to do. And I know it's a lot of other people who feel like that too. Death is not an issue. You can't be afraid of something that's that's definite. You know what I'm saying? You can't be afraid of something that you can't avoid. We all accept the fact that we're going to die one day. We just don't want to go just yet. So the best way for you to live your life is just to make a is just to go get closer and closer to what you really value out of life and the things that you want to accomplish before you pass away every single day. Every single day wake up and try to make one step clo- try to get one step closer to your to your dreams, to your fantasies, to the things you want to conquer, to the things you want to experience. You know, hopefully those are all good things and things that won't harm other people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, it's Conquer Jones. Um, remember, stay focused, stay faithful, stay true to yourself. Uh, re- treat others how you want to be treated and give God the respect that God deserves. I'll see you next week. Peace.